Defenders, and welcome to episode 184 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. You know my voice. I am the Scarf J.R. Liebert, one year older and spending my final year, as Philly likes to say, on the third floor, sitting directly to my left in beautiful Burbank, California. That's right, we are back in world-famous Philomonster Studios after a, a little bit of a scheduling break. He is one Christian Philly Philemon. What's going on, Defenders? Yes, back in world-famous Philomonster Studios, and you talk about yourself enjoying the uh, the third floor. Enjoy it all you can because it. it all starts to fall apart at 40. Ha, you're going to fall apart. You're going to crumble and shatter into a million little pieces. 360 days left. Nah, you're not really going to shatter and fall into a million pieces because by then, life will be even better than it is right now. It's like good it. to be back here with you, my friend. We are about a week or so <laughs> overdue from really needing to record this podcast, but we figured that, hey, because of scheduling conflicts and because of the fact that there is no LAFC game this weekend, we might as well just wait and give you one for this weekend. Yeah, we didn't on purpose take an international break like Major League Soccer did. We were going to record the night of my birthday. It was not because I had had too much to drink, but it was because I was covered. And I actually do mean covered in whipped cream and silly string, thanks to our good friends over at 110 Football. By the way, I watched it back. Um... Jessica Black, did I do something at some point to hurt you? That was a solid whipped creaming. I didn't realize it at the time, but you put a little bit of uh, a little bit of torque into that one there. That was solid, Jess. Thank you so much. Uh, the people at 110, obviously, uh, Panda, Nina, Philly made my birthday absolutely incredible. Philly decided to go on a cross-country tour before he went to Bank of California Stadium from Chihuahua to, where did you fly into after that? Was it Guadalajara? You, Guadalajara, and then to Tijuana, and then they drove all the way up, he and Jonathan, up to Bank of California Stadium, made it by, what, the 20th minute or so? Yeah, uh, 15th, right 15th. around there, there shortly after Tristan Blackman's goal. Uh, <laughs> oh, we'll get more on that in a minute, but how awesome was that? I'm sitting there, and my buddy pops up on my right-hand side there and says, hey, we made it, and that just made the birthday all the better. It was an incredible tailgate out at Christmas Tree Lane. We had a great time. Beverages were had. Food was had. Lots of people came by. The big guy was at our tailgate the whole time. Nick, we missed you, buddy. It was really good to have you there. Haley came by. Haley, you are the best. Thank you so much. Haley, by the way, is the newest Instagram model for LAFC. If you have not seen the women's clothing line that they have just released, all the new items there, that would be Haley modeling all of that there, which was really, really cool. And Philly, it was just, it was a really fun tailgate. It was a really fun day. But it's also, by the way, the one-year anniversary, March 20th was, my birthday, the one-year anniversary of the passing of Mo Fascio. And we all in the LAFC community have been wanting to find more ways to help keep not just the memory, but the spirit alive of Mauricio Fascio. And LAFC Philly has partnered with the LAFC Foundation, the 3252, and obviously Mo's family and Anna for a really cool way, a really uh, one of the more perfect ways you could possibly think of to keep Mo's memory going. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it was a devastating thing that affected us all deeply. And I, I know it affects you just as much because obviously it, it falls on your birthday. So there, there's mixed feelings. You, I know you want to celebrate sure. more than anything, but obviously you being the guy that you are, the sentimental guy that you are, know in the back of your mind that it would be odd to celebrate on, on a day that, you know, we lost somebody that was near and dear to all of our yep. hearts. So, I mean, there is that, you know, that, that dichotomy, if you will, that dissonance. But it, it was... It, 
what's going to happen, though, with this futsal court, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Mo's memory is going to be etched on in a piece of Los Angeles on, on a futsal court. And, and it's really cool. And if you go to our bio, like like you said, click in and then you could help donate to help make this a reality. So we're all about the community here. We're all about shoulder to shoulder. And obviously, even more importantly than that, we're here to keep the memory of Mo Fascio alive. And this is one great way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. The futsal court will be in Southeast LA. And again, it's between, it's a partnership between LAFC, the 3252 and the LAFC Foundation. So please check out our bio, click on the link, donate if you can to the futsal court. And just one other thing, you know, people were asking me like, oh, you know, like it feels a little weird. What's going on? Here's my here's my honest thought on it. When I wake up now every morning on my birthday, and it happened, of course, uh, on the twentieth. Uh, first person I think about is Mo, and I have to be honest with you. If I'm going to start my birthday thinking about Mo each and every year for the rest of my life, trying to be a little bit more like him, I, I think that's a pretty good way to be a little bit better on my birthday each and every day. So, Mo, we miss you, buddy, and we will certainly be. Uh, helping out as much as we can to get this futsal court built in your honor. There's no real easy way to segue from that, but uh, uh, let's Philly just for a minute. If I could grieve for a completely different reason, um, Mm, mm. (laughs) the floor is yours. I I will just kick my feet back and chill and enjoy this moment. It's a weird segue, right? Like it's a very weird segue, but for me, I will enjoy it. Italy, North Macedonia, huh? That's what we're doing now. Uh, I know that some in the LAFC community have a, a small place in their heart for North Macedonia. That is the uh, the country that Danny Musovsky could play for if he decided to. He has uh, North Macedonian citizenship, or at least he qualifies to play for North Macedonia. But no, no, no. They didn't need a goal scorer the likes of Danny Musovsky to take down Italy. And to ruin a date with destiny would would have been so much fun. Italy versus Portugal. Cristiano Ronaldo against the Azzurri for a spot in the World Cup. But no, 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 my friends. Despite 32 shots, and only five of which were on target. Despite only giving up one real quality chance throughout the entire match, LAFC, excuse me, Italy, good Lord, found a way to lose to North Macedonia 1-0. So there are going to be 10, 11, almost 12-year-old children growing up in Italy that have no idea what an Azuri match in the World Cup looks like because this is the second straight World Cup that my Azuri, the European champions of just a year ago, are going to miss out on. Philly, I guess I'm I'm going to have to just jump ship, and I guess I'm, I'm supporting... Mineshaft for this World Cup. Well, well. before we, we get into that, hang on a second. I, I got something queued up for oh, you. I can't wait. <laughs> Boy. Are you all right, man? Uh, I think so. How about now? <laughs> I had to. It didn't really go in sync with the way I wanted it to, but it, but it was still funny nonetheless. Look, the only reason I have any kind of animosity towards Italy is mainly because of the fact that before Germany won their World Cup, they were a pain in the um, in die Mannschaft for the, for the German <laughs> national team. Knocked us out anytime we made really good runs. So as a result of that, I grew a bit of a, a bit of hatred for the uh, the Azuri. So seeing them suffer makes me smile. My my mischievous 
mischievous little North German self. Macedonia. Well, hey, you know what? I think North Macedonia actually beat Germany not that long ago, too. So yeah. we're in the same boat. Yeah, except they didn't knock you out of World Cup qualifications. How yeah. awesome would it have been to play Cristiano Ronaldo for a spot? Oh, my God. By the way, I am rooting for North Macedonia then. Why not? Beat Cristiano Ronaldo, too. Knock us both out. Make Portugal miserable, because you've definitely made Italy and all of the Azuri supporters miserable. How about another awesome piece of Match Day art by Jeff and Alex with the Bioshock-inspired Match Day cover? Ishmael Tajuri Shradi on the cover. Again, Jeff and Alex, you guys are awesome. Let's do a little rundown of this episode. First and foremost, we're going to get some This Day in LAFC history, followed by, I say a little news and notes, but man, we have a bunch of news and notes to cover over the last week or so. Of course, a breakdown of the huge 3-1 victory over Vancouver on my birthday at Bank of California Stadium, and then a little bit of a check on the current standings and a look ahead at the schedule just a quick reminder, if you're not already, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. And with that, we have a very short this day in LAFC history. We are recording this on Friday, March 25th, but we're going to flash ahead to March 27th. One of the biggest moments in team history, March 27, 2018, was, of course, the signing of Andre Horta, the team's third designated player in club history. Yeah. He transferred from Benfica in the uh, Portugal's in Portugal's first division and did a whole lot of nothing for us while he was here. His first pass. He went hiking a lot. Yeah, he did go hiking a lot. His first pass went right to Carson for a goal. So thanks, Andre. That uh, DP signing didn't quite work out as well as as well as Brian Rodriguez has. Right, guys? Right? 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 No? No? no still? No. Hey, there we go. There. There it is. Oh, God. March 28th, 2016, LAFC Academy's U-12s travel to Dallas for their first ever competitive tournament, the Generation Adidas Cup. That was back in 2016. That was six years ago. So those U-12s are now U-18s, and a lot of them performing very, very well for the Academy still. And on March 29th, 1996, I had to put this one in there, Philly. Friend of the podcast, Javi Perez's birthday. Of course, our 2019 Super Draft pick, 64th overall, now retired and an agent for several uh, soccer players. Javi, unfortunately, blew his knee out, and it was, what, his third ACL, I think? It was whatever it was. It was real, real bad. And uh, he, he hung it up after... Not doing a whole lot with LAFC, but he was a friend of the pod. We had him on. It was a really fun interview. Check back over in, I don't know, it's like the 30s or 40s, one of our early episodes to check out the interview with Javi Perez. And that, Philly, is this day in LAFC history. Change your calendars, though, Philly, for a little bit later on to make some LAFC history. My dad's birthday is Monday, August 15th. Why do I bring that up? Because LAFC was supposed to play two days later, Philly, on Wednesday, August 17th against the, and I don't believe I'm about to say this, Andy Nahar-led DC United squad, but they've moved it back a day to Tuesday, or I guess up a day, excuse me, to Tuesday, August 16th. So Philly, we got to reset those calendars. We are now playing DC United at the bank Tuesday, August 16th instead of Wednesday, August 17th. Yuck. <laughs> they don't call you the best color man in the business for nothing. There we go. Tuesday. I mean, Wednesday at least is like hump day. It's the middle of the week. You're looking forward to Thirsty Thursday. Tuesday is like in my Tuesday is like being 20. 
Uh, <laughs> it's 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 a worthless it's a worthless day and a worthless wow. age. You can't you can't do anything. You're getting ever so close to a time where you can do things. Yeah, Tuesday. Well, I, I used to argue that Thursday was kind of like being being twenty, but Tuesday's even worse because at least on Thursday they have good happy hours. Well, so Tuesday Thursdays is, and stuff in college. Yeah, exactly. So third yeah. Tuesday is the equivalent of turning twenty. No, and, no longer young enough to be dumb, but no longer but not yet old enough to do fun stuff. And Tuesday, by the way, is my favorite restaurant. I are a tie in Westchester is now closed on Tuesdays and I just happened to help out a buddy right across the street on Tuesdays only and now I don't get to go to my favorite Thai restaurant so there's that and now that I think about it I stand corrected I mean Taco Tuesdays is kind of a cool thing there's Ooh. a place Panda and I like to go to in Burbank where we consume I think they went up now because of inflation it used to be dollar tacos <laughs> who knows they might be like dollar 27 now some maybe weird we arbitrary can, number maybe we can go to that place after we record tonight it's nice and early it is only uh, 6.45 we, we just watched the St. Peter's upset by the way of Purdue which it was fun for me because it was St. Peter's but it was even more fun for Philly because uh whoa what's i don't know what what is philly doing philly is pressing buttons <laughs> dj clue here. clue no i'm happy i went to indiana we hate Purdue, so boiler this mother truckers <laughs> philly uh we were talking about rumors uh and an early rumor that we actually reported on that we found on twitter and unfortunately it, it happened to be true with jungba kundai uh, taking back, or I shouldn't say taking back, having transferred, uh, have been, having been given the rights to, I'll figure it out, I promise, Kim Moon Hwan for what we believe is about a million dollars in transfer money, Philly, huge money. No, I would completely agree with that. That's what we gave Walter, Walter, <laughs> Walter Zimmerman, Walter, Walter Zimmerman, his evil, his evil twin brother, <laughs> Walker Zimmerman. That's what we gave him up to Nashville for. So I would say that we, we made out like bandits because as much as I love Kim Moon Hwan, I would not value him as high as Walker Zimmerman. And yes, you are right. The rumors are true. He transferred to John Buck Hyundai of the K-League, one of the premier clubs in the K-League and about a million bucks right around there. Uh, so that's a really good deal for us. I mean, he showed a solid connection with Velo along the right side in the 28 matches that he played over the last two years. And we want to keep tabs on him, John Buck Hyundai, as they seek to move up the table. And we wish Moon, Kim Moon Hwan, all the best in his career. Definitely a member of this black and gold family and a and a beloved member of it. We really wish you could have seen Definitely. him fall into his actual potential. But it's a good move for him. He was going to be bare in our back, he was going to be buried on our bench, and in a World Cup year, as a, as a South Korean international, he wouldn't get the burn. He might not have had the opportunity to play in the World Cup. He's now going to be highly visible for one of Korea's elite teams. So this will give him a better chance to feature for that South Korean national team, which is in fact an honor for any player in any country to represent your place of origin on the world's global stage. Unless you play for Italy this year. Oh yeah, you won't be going. You won't be going anywhere. You you might get to you might go to Qatar to, to watch the game. I will not. No, thank you. I will be here. Uh, also, by the way, just throwing this out there again to Kevin Baxter, the invitation to join us on the podcast remains not just open but still unanswered by you. We would love to have you come address the comments about the Kim Moon Wan or the Korean experiment being over yeah. at LAFC. Scarf, don't hold your breath. He's he, uh, he knows he's persona non grata. At he this responded point. directly to me on Instagram. 
Instagram, if you can respond directly to me in front of everybody, you can respond to this information, or this invitation, Kevin. We would love to have you on so you can explain why you felt somebody whose responsibility it is to be crafty and to be accurate with the words that they use chose the Korean experiment at LAFC is over. The trash tweet that you sent out, you still have not apologized for it or redacted it. So as far as I'm concerned, Kevin... Why, why are you ducking us, bud? He's not going to come through. Look, Kevin, if you hear this, we'll gladly provide transportation and a meal. You'll get an Uber, not an Uber Lux. You don't deserve an Uber Lux. We'll, we'll send you the Uber, the cheap one, May, maybe even a Lyft, uh, but a, but a well, compact Lyft is part. an LAFC sponsor, so it should be a Lyft. Okay, my mistake. So we're going to send you a Lyft, but not not a Lux one because, well, your your timing is poor. So if anything in regards to that, you you haven't you failed to respond Ugh. in a timely fashion, which leads me to believe or question your intestinal fortitude, sir. You <laughs> You make a comment like that, we want to put you on a stage to where you can explain yourself and possibly redeem yourself, but we have yet to hear from you. Ooh. If we do happen to hear from you, Kevin Baxter, we will take care of all, all expenses. We'll provide you your favorite food, your your favorite beverage. Heck, we'll even give you a Manchester City and a Bayern Munich scarf if you come through because we know those are the teams you follow. Philly anyway, just promised the world to Kevin Baxter for... for that's because I don't believe he's going to respond. I, I mean, look... It, you heard Philly. I guess we're doing all those things. Just come on the show, Kevin. Talk yeah, you you wanted two years ago. Now all of a sudden you're ducking. Uh, you know, the good part is, though, we get to hear a lot more of Max Bredos and Mark Rogandino for the rest of the season on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> I love that call so much. Everyone hates it. I love it so much. On Wednesday, March 16th, LAFC announced their local broadcast partners for the 2022 season. All 18 matches not airing on national platforms will air in English on KCOP 13 and in Spanish on Estrella TV 62. Just literally right down the road from here. We can walk there. It's right Throw a rock and hit the window. For the fifth straight season, the dulcet tones of Max Bredos will be the voice of LAFC. And the pregame show, of course, will be hosted by a friend of the pot and all around good dude, Mark Rogandino. Congrats to both of them for again being able to kick that LAFC can down the road and stay with us for another season. Philly and I, we absolutely love you two guys. And the plus one thing is real cool too. We love that Warren Barton and Heath Pierce and Maurice Adu and all kinds of other really fun people have been able to be the plus one. I would love to see a few more women represented in the plus one. That would be kind of cool. Like, I don't know. We got plenty of 99ers that live in California. Plenty of great women that know how to talk about soccer. It'd be a lot of fun to have them be a plus one. Philly, we got a U.S. men's national team member on LAFC again. After giving up Walker Zimmerman, I thought it might be kind of a bit before we got one. But Kellen Acosta was called in the U.S. men's national team for their final three World Cup qualifier matches with the hopes of helping the U.S. secure a spot in the 2022 World Cup. And Acosta started alongside Yunus Musa and the former MLS product Tyler Adams in the 0-0 draw on Thursday, which was yesterday against Eltree, the 49th. U.S. men's national team cap for Acosta and Philly. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the the L Tree versus U.S. men's national team game, but Acosta played pretty well, actually. He played the full 90. He did. The game was rather dull, and they missed out on some really good opportunities. Yep. But Gio Reyna... You know, oh. having flashbacks to Maradona oh, right? in 86 against oh England. God. He was slicing and dicing, but 
No, I mean zero zero. Yeah, I, it's yeah. it's a good look. We got a point out of it, so that's a good scenario. We got a point in Azteca. You're right. Yeah, it's never a, a friendly environment going down to Azteca. Tough place, obviously. Elevation, another factor there. And you know we've had some injuries along the way. Players that haven't featured as much for their international squads. We're wondering if we, they were going to get the burn. Pulisic looked a little bit off, but needless to say, we walked out with a point. Uh, we're playing again this weekend against Panama, and I believe we're playing again Wednesday against Costa Rica, if I'm not mistaken. Panama. Panama. Yeah. I love that. Uh, if we win against Panama, we're basically in the World Cup. That's pretty much how it but works. But those are always the games that are scary because obviously we can <laughs> contend against the great teams and then we somehow we somehow piff down the road. Look, it, I, I'm hoping that we take care of business against Panama. couple of Team of the Week updates. Uh, week three, congrats to Ilya Sanchez and his, as his performance in our Week 3 2 nothing win over Miami. Earned him a slot in the midfield right alongside Mark Anthony Kay. More on him in just a second. This is Ilya's second team of the week, not already, as he made it on a week one's starting 11 as well. And LAFC has been represented in the starting 11 in each of the first four teams of the week, Philly, so far. As Ryan Hollingshead, for reasons we will talk about in just a little bit, was named to the back line right alongside Walker Zimmerman. So it's nice that they pair us up with one LAFC player and a player that used to play for LAFC. We will certainly touch on Hollingshead's performance, like I said, but it is safe to say that the veteran has already paid major dividends this season. Carlos was also named the Team of the Week as part of the 18, his second Team of the Week nod of the year. Philly, the young kids, really excited for three of these young kids. Two of our first homegrown signings, Christian Torres and Tony Leone, were just called in by Mexico's U-20 team to play a series of friendlies against both Uruguay and Peñarol's U-20 squad. So congrats to them, but Philly... Quick question here. You can give me a quick answer if you want. How many endorsement deals did you have at 17? Hmm. Add them all up. Put up the three, carry the remainder. Yep. Mm. Long divide. None. None. That would be exactly as Barsteiner many as I Steiner should have given me a sponsorship <laughs> in high school because I certainly promoted and consumed the heck uh, out of that product. Christian Torres was also recently signed to a marketing deal by Boa Nutrition, and he will be one of the faces of their nutritional products. As a reminder, he's 17. Congrats to Christian Torres for already making money off of endorsements and advertisements at 17. Also, we've I've been talking about this kid for like four weeks. I got to see him play for the academy team in their Open Cup run that they made. A huge congratulations to LAFC Academy product Nathan Ordaz, who definitely has some options internationally. He was called into Mexico's youth camp just recently, and he's the only player, by the way, Philly, in that youth camp who plays in a U.S.-based league Fresh off his attending a camp for the El Salvador men's national team. That's right. The senior club is where Nathan Ordaz got called into. And he can also accept a call into the U.S. men's national team camps, though one has yet to come. Philly, Nathan Ordaz. I mentioned it on LAFC fans' Facebook page. And they said, hey, be careful pumping up a young kid like this. Who knows? This kid is going to be the real deal. He is the new hotness. Nathan Ordaz. Mark my words, Philly. Yep. Keep an eye on Nathan Ordaz. Yep. And uh, one other person who I actually called it in the draft, before the draft last year, Danny Trejo. I called the selection. It was really fun. I got Rich to actually tweet it out too, which was nice. LAFC's first selection in the 2021 MLS Super Draft Philly made history in Vegas. Not the kind of history that you and I would make. We would have maybe the most shots ever taken at a bar in history. We would be history. Right, right. It would be rough. That's for sure. Uh, how about the Las Vegas Lights? First of all, beating Phoenix Rising 
2-1, which that in and of itself is not something that would have happened last year, that's for sure. But with a goal and an assist in the upset win, Trejo became the first ever Las Vegas light, and they have been around since 2018, to be named USL Championship Player of the Week. So congrats to the kid from Mendota, LAFC's draft pick, Danny Trejo. And, and Philly, you got to mention this because you actually were the one that made the connection and helped bring Craft Brujitsu onto the podcast. Neil Tyner, the Black and Gold Running Club, had kind of a big weekend too. No, it's very cool to see how this club grew organically. And it's just a simple conversation between Neil and myself. And he, he created a beautiful thing. Props to him, Black and Gold Running Club, a big performance, a really good showing in the LA Marathon. It's the third year the Black and Gold Running Club has been a part of it and 10 members of the club participated in this year's race. Just to remind you all, a marathon is 26.2 miles. That's right. 26.2 miles. That is a lot of running. So the fact that there were 10 members of this group that went out and did it, it's amazing. I ran the LA Marathon in 2017, uh, New York in 16 and 15, and as a result of that, I have no more knees or cartilage to be able (laughs) to do that again so really cool stuff congrats to black and gold running club and neil i know you're a big fan of the pod and normally we say that tug and cheek and jest i know you are congratulations <laughs> once again on all the success you have had with black and gold running club and by the way really slick beard you had we saw you on the news good good right? stuff, dude he's being interviewed looking great and then he comes over to the tent uh, for a little bit that was just again yeah i wish i could have been at the tailgate i spent 12 and a half hours of that day <laughs> traveling but you know what you made it to the game and you made it to celebrate my birthday buddy so i did i was so happy to catch you getting pied <laughs> oh man that, that was, was that was that was great that was a lot that i came fun. at the perfect time too i'm walking out i'm like oh let me go pop in around 110 <laughs> and boom you're getting pied and, and silly stringed and oh. it's don't take any offense to this but just the way it was like running down your face you did kind of look like pizza the hut from space <laughs> pizza <Bob>. the hut <laughs> Be careful, oh, or that scarf will send out for you. A <laughs> uh, couple bits of former player news. Uh, before he was set to take the pitch against his old club, defender Tristan Blackman agreed to a long-term extension with Vancouver. His contract was extended through 2023 with options for 24 and 25. So congrats to our second-ever draft pick in club history. And Mark Anthony K. I I said we'd mention him again. Uh, he was shown two yellow cards, Philly, before the 35th minute in Canada's one nothing loss to Costa Rica in World Cup qualifying. The loss, which was certainly not helped by K's disqualification, prevented El Maple Tree from ah, securing ah, ah. a spot see what you did in there. the 2022 World Cup. They're probably still going to qualify because they're still top of the table and they're three points clear of both us and Mexico. But... Not a great showing there for Mark Anthony K. Two yellows within 35 minutes. Hey, hey that's probably not going to break a record, but I mean, that still kind of stinks. But Canada at this point has already secured their bid. We're going to see Canadians. I like El Maple Treats better than what I was thinking. <laughs> L.A.? L.A.? <laughs> or A or, or, or L. Labatt's or, or L. Molson's or L. Hockey Puck. No, L. Maple Tree is a good one. Uh, L. Tim Hortons. Uh, ah, yes. Real quick, though, we're going we're gonna to start doing something here called the Angel City Minute. And we got to be real careful because we don't want to get beat up by our significant others. But first, if you're not listening to the Angel City Chicks podcast for all your Angel City FC news and fun, you should be. But... We want to take a quick second on here to give props to our new roommates, ACFC, on kicking off their maiden voyage with a 1-1 draw against fellow debutante San Diego Wave in front of almost 10 
10,000 people at Cal State Fullerton. 10,000 people. It was incredible. I was there as a supporter, but it was one of the highlights of my year so far to be able to watch Amanda and Nina cover the club for the very first time as media at a match. It was unbelievable. In case you're curious, Savannah McCaskill scored the first goal in club history in the 49th minute. Doesn't quite roll off the tongue like Diego Rossi, but maybe they can come up with some sort of a song for Savannah McCaskill. Kristen Press looked incredible out there. She almost had an absolute golasso, or as the voice of the Ontario Fury would say, a golasso of golassos for Angel City FC. And Alex Morgan subbed on at, at the half for San Diego. The girls, little girls in the front row, I mean, they rushed this, the, the railing there. They were going nuts. Both Kristen Press and Alex Morgan signed after the game. It was just such a cool atmosphere. Please join us all season at Angel City FC games. These women are so much fun to watch. Philly, I can't wait to sit in Founders and watch Angel City play at Bank California Stadium starting April 29th. Yep, back in our, our section, a couple rows, a couple seats away from where we normally sit. Should be a good time. We're, we're going to be going next week down to San Diego to watch Angel City against San Diego then. That's going to be a fun week. Yep. We're taking a trip down there. Going to watch them at UCSD. Going to catch LAFC versus Orlando. Uh-uh. USD, my friend. What did I say? UCSD is a different school. This is uh, the University of San Diego. See. The Toreros instead of the Aztecs. It's gemacht. I made a boo-boo. I made a boo-boo. <laughs> I got I to stand up for my, former, or my fellow Jesuit schools. That's what it is. Yeah, a lot, a lot of Like St. Peter's, baby. Let's go. Yeah, boiler this. (laughs) Philly, before we get uh, into the breakdown of the match, because that's where we're at. We're going to talk about Vancouver. The March 20th match against Vancouver was also Women in Sports Night at Bank of California Stadium. And Angela Huclis Mangano, Vice President of Player Development and Operations at Angel City FC, as well as, oh, by the way, a two-time Olympic gold medalist. So wait, Christian Torres already has more endorsements and she has two more gold medals than I'll ever have. Great. She was the honorary Falconer. We also want to take a quick second to acknowledge the two strong women who support everything we do, Philly, in this podcast and every aspect of our lives. I couldn't do it without Nina. I know you couldn't do it without Amanda. take, Take a second to let the millions and millions know how much these women mean behind in front of and around the scenes for the two of us. They're great. (laughs) no seriously behind every successful man is an equally if not more successful and scary woman and no i I love panda to death there's there's not a lot of things i enjoy doing without panda like going to mexico this past weekend to do the uh the fury games wasn't as much fun not having panda around but i know she was having a good time checking out her concerts hanging out with you guys doing press for angel city i mean and nina a, a strong strong willed very intelligent, very articulate, amazing, beautiful human being. Go I mean, on. <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere, my friend. No, we're we're certainly very fortunate to to have this type of situation because we're we're always together. So yeah. our significant others never have to question where we are, what we're doing. <laughs> Thank God. Um, we we're just genuinely enjoying each other's company. And if we're potting, they're out drinking. And if they're out potting, we're out drinking. So it's, or or watching sports or something along those and, lines. And but honestly, we would not be here. You're right. If it wasn't. For them. And honestly, we have felt so supported from day one. It's allowed us to really kind of spread our wings and, and kind of make things of this, what we have done so far and what we'll be doing in the future. And we hope they feel obviously the same way with Angel City Chicks and everything that they're doing. So Philly LAFC has enjoyed some reasonable success against Vancouver in our four plus year history. This matchup that we're about to talk about, the 10th matchup between the two clubs in Major League Soccer history, only the sixth team 
that we have played 10 or more times. Through our first five, Philly, it was almost utter domination. Three wins, a draw, and that weird one nothing loss that we'll talk about in just a second. Two of those wins, by the way, 6 nothing and 6-1. We absolutely put it on Mark Dos Santos. They're the most goals that LAFC has ever scored in a match. The loss, we mentioned it. Three umlauts started on one side, Nico Hamalainen. Shaft Brewer, the model, started on the other side of that back line. We had Peter Lee Vassal <laughs> starting in that game, Danilo and, Silva. And coincidentally, that would be the end of their <laughs> careers, which kind of stinks because yep. that Vancouver game was in the middle of a week. It really was a trap game yep. for all intents and purposes, yeah. but that would be the end of, of Nico and Shaft. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, last four matches against Vancouver have been a different story altogether. Two draws at home and two... How many times have this scoreline come up, Philly, since we've been talking about it? We talked about it with Portland and now with Vancouver. Two 2-1 losses on the road the last two times we played Vancouver in Vancouver. So, uh, obviously, this game meaning an awful lot to Maxime Cropot. But LAFC having a few more... uh, More than a few ties, excuse me, to Vancouver on their roster. Daniil Henry played there in 2018 and 19. And of course, Mark Dos Santos, their former coach who beat us once, I think it was once, maybe twice. And we obviously whooped on him quite a little bit. And then Maxime Cropot, their keeper, 18, 19, 20, and 21. Uh, look, it, it's it's a lot of connections between the two, obviously. We've got one coming up in LAFC's roster. We talked about it with Tristan Blackman, Philly. Uh, your thoughts coming into the match, and then if you want to uh, get into LAFC's roster heading into this one. I mean, coming into the match, Vancouver was a team that only scored one goal over the course of three games. Yep. Not not an offensive juggernaut by any means. And this is a team that had capable goal scorers or, or has capable goal scorers, such as Christian Dahomey and people along that line. But didn't think coming into this match we would really have a tough time. Bank of California Stadium full is a tough place to begin with. But if you're three games into your season not being able to score a goal, Lucas Cavallini, the lone goal scorer of Vancouver's entire season thus far, didn't think that they would really give us any kind of a nightmare. Right. I was really looking forward to seeing Thomas Hassall. He really came into light during the COVID Cup. He played some outstanding games for, for Vancouver. And with Maxime Crepeau coming to LAFC, we get to see another kid who could potentially represent Canada on the national side yep. on a more consistent basis, get some burn. And he certainly got a lot of burn. He made a lot of outstanding saves. But other than that, I mean, unless you really were excited to see Russell, uh, Russell, uh, Sebastian Burhalter, I, I, I don't really know what to say. Tristan Blackman coming back was the most exciting aspect of this entire matchup. Yet just the name Burhalter doesn't quite get me that excited. I'm not going to lie, Philly. It doesn't really matter who has the the last name Burhalter. I'm just not that excited. No, it's um uh it's like um I'm trying to think of something. Okay. Nah, never mind. It'll come to me down the road. All right. So uh, you want me to do the Vancouver lineup first, or you want to do LAFC first? Doesn't matter to me. Okay, you take LAFC. Go for it. All right. So as far as our starting lineup is concerned, we obviously had Maxime Cripo starting. Uh, we had Kellen Acosta, Jesus David Murillo, Mamadou Fall, Ryan Hollingshead, Latif Blessing, Ilya Sanchez, Jose Cifuentes, Mahala, Bela Raito. Our bench consisted of Daniil Henry, Pancho Janela, Chicho, who was starting off the bench again. Again, uh, Ishmael Tajiri Shradi, Sebastian Ibiaga, Chiki Palacios, and the backup keeper, Mr. McCarthy himself. Yeah, Philly, uh, that would be Kellen Acosta at right back. Well, they still came in with a 4-3-3. They just lined up that way just for intents and purposes. I think for the majority of that match, we didn't really see Kellen Acosta slot 
defensively. I mean, we saw him come up quite a bit, but I mean, as far as the stats were concerned, the stat sheets that were given to LAFC, they were supposed to come in with a 4-3-3 lineup. Yeah, but obviously it was very hybrid. They shifted things around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We definitely started four midfielders in this match and uh, seeing Kelda Costa slot in it right back, maybe a little bit more of his versatility that we didn't take into account at the beginning of the season when we when we got him from Dallas, or excuse me, from Colorado, formerly of Dallas, Vancouver came in with a 3-4-3, and a major name out for Vancouver was last year's talisman Brian White. In 27 games last season, White led Vancouver with both 12 goals and 5 assists. Also out is uh, Kyle Alexandre and Eric Godoy. Managed managed by Vanny Sartini, who took over, of course, from Mark Dos Santos. They had the guy that you and I were both looking forward to, goalkeeper Thomas Hassall, whose breakout performance during the MLS's back tournament really put him on the map. He was third on the depth chart and wound up standing on his head for very good performances in that MLS's back tournament. Defender Tristan Blackman, and we do miss the guy so much, our second draft pick in team history, who was taken in the expansion draft by Charlotte and then traded on to Vancouver, defender Ranko Veselinovic, easy for me to say, defender Jacob Nerwinski, midfielders Marcus Godino, captain Russell Tybert, Sebastian Burhalter, son of Greg and Javane Brown, and at forward, Pedro Vite, the Ecuadorian formerly of Independiente, forward Christian Dahomey, who's already scored twice against LAFC in previous matches, and the Canadian striker Lucas Cavallini in the 18, just two guys I want to mention, Syracuse's own Ryan Raposo and Daber Caicedo. Those are the two that would factor into the match, and Philly, we are off and running, and I know you didn't quite get there yet, but you probably heard about the goal scorer for Vancouver in the 12th minute, Tristan Blackman. Yeah, really nothing happened for 11 or 12 minutes. And I came just as long as uh, something interesting happened. I mean, off of a set piece, off of a set piece, we had some drama going on. Sebastian Berhalter connects with Lucas Cavallini, who banged one off the woodwork. Really good-looking uh, attempt, but the ball bounced directly in front of Tristan Blackman, and he came in ninja-style, <laughs> smashing that ball in the back of the net. And that was his first ever goal for the Whitecaps. In fact, in four games, only the second goal for the Vancouver Whitecaps. <laughs> Lucas Cavallini being the other a uh, goal scorer, but four games and two goals for, for, for Vancouver. Yish. The thing about his goal, he was happy. Obviously he was excited, right. but the goal was scored in front of the 32 52 and he didn't celebrate excessively. I think there was, he wanted to, but I think there was a level of respect coming yeah. from Tristan Blackman, yeah. not wanting to obviously patronize the crowd. And I, I kind of respect, I kind of like that. He didn't, there's a couple other plays that occurred down sure. down the course of the game, but him scoring a goal, I was happy for him because I want to see the kids succeed. But for LAFC to come in at uh, to, into this game having their backs against the wall this early on, not not a good sign, especially against a team that has trouble finding the back of the net. And look, if you go back and listen to the call, Heath Pierce says it out loud: the LAFC backline and Maxime Cropo for the first time this year. So it took four matches, right? For the first time this year. All members of the back line and Maxime Cropot just got caught asleep. And I actually think if you guys go back and watch, go back and check out the highlight of this game. Pedro Vite is standing over the ball, kind of messing with it a little bit, really lulling LAFC into this false sense of security, getting set up. 
Then he kind of puts the ball down nonchalantly, and Burhalter comes out of nowhere to take the free kick. Now, look, that would have been one thing, but he delivers an on-the-money pass. You're absolutely right. To Lucas Cavallini, the ball obviously going off of the crossbar, and Tristan relaying it back in with the left foot. He just he caught everybody sleeping. I mean, it was really the first time that happened. LAFC down one nothing after 12 minutes, but really, Philly, after 16, it could have been 1-1. An incredible save by Thomas Hassall. Carlos found some space on the left side of the box, dribbled it to the end line, and found a wide open Sifu for a header that he thought was in, I thought was in. I think that's just when you got there, actually, is when this play happened. Sifu headed it down towards Hassall's right, and at the last second, man, Hassall stuck out that right hand, knocked it away. What a great save by Thomas Hassall on a play that should have made it 1-1. If you go back and listen to the broadcast, uh, the the pronunciation of Thomas's name is kind of come into question. We've known him as Hassall for a couple of seasons now. Right. Lawal Hassall. I mean, that rhymes. But the way it was pronounced during the broadcast was Hassel, Hassel, like Hassel, like like the Hoff, like the first half of that guy's <laughs> name. Uh, that That's kind of weird. But I, I guess it's Hassall. I don't know what it is, actually. Now, I, now, now we're unsure of ourselves. Is this is this Chrysostomo, Chrysostomo all over again? What's going on with this here? Get it right, Max. Damn it. <laughs> 17th minute. So lots of action here between the 12th and the 17th off a great counter by Vancouver. Started by a two-fisted giggity punch by Hassal. Vite finds Dahomey and he is off to the races. Philly, I'm watching this play thinking, oh God, here goes that guy again. Christian Dahomey, man. Every game he's we so play. Fast. He's got two goals against us already. He's just always into the mix. The dude is so good. Great hustle by Sufu, by the way, to get back and cut a little bit of the angle off, but Maxime Cropo still had to make one of his best saves on the season to keep it one nothing. Dahomey almost getting us again. No, if, if Dahomey would have looked up and thought twice instead of being selfish, he had Lucas Cavallini wide open to his left. Yep. Cavallini calling for it, Dahomey deciding to take the shot himself, trying to be the hero, and as a result of that, that cost his team dearly. Yep. That could have been a difference maker as far as the game is concerned. Morale obviously would have dropped for LAFC. It would have, the momentum would have, it would have been all Vancouver, yeah. uh, and he, he selfishly just takes the attempt. Maybe maybe therein lies the problem with why Vancouver isn't scoring many goals because they've gotten too many people that are trying to do things by themselves. I mean, Cavallini's so stinking open. I yep. mean, if you were playing FIFA, there's no way you would have missed that pass. <laughs> and that's your guy, right? You want the ball on Cavallini's foot. That's your goal. Yeah, he's score. your leading scorer so, with right. one goal on the season. <laughs> but he's, he's also your guy that you want scoring goals for sure. In the 22nd minute, we're going to have a theme coming up here. It's great service by Carlos Vela. Uh, Carlos Vela to Mamadou fall, and Mamadou shows again what an aerial threat he can be. The ball headed just over the crossbar after Tristan Blackman took a knee to the head from Thomas Hassall. It was a great attempt by Mamadou Fall. But in the 27th minute, Philly, don't worry. We've got an equalizer. It's a goal for LAFC. Yep. Like you were saying, more service coming in from Carlos Vela. This time off of a corner, a perfect corner kick right to the head of Ryan Hollingshead. He didn't jump. He didn't really need to. He had perfect positioning with nobody on him. Um, I mean, Burhalter was there, but we we still say it's nobody a, it's was there. a great box out. Yeah, yeah, great box out. And yeah, he redirects the header into the goal for his first punching of the back of the net this season. And just like that, LAFC is tied at one with Vancouver. And again, this has to go back to that previous attempt by Vancouver. We, 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 I don't think we have that beautiful opportunity or the mental headspace to convert had Dahomey converted with Cavallini. So I really look at that moment as one of the more crucial parts of the game. Yeah, look, not needing to jump 
by Ryan Hollingshead, by the way. You don't see many goals scored off of flat-footed headers. He almost had a second one later in the match. We'll talk about that in a second. But perfect service by Carlos Vela. Two straight set pieces in the 30th. A nice ball from Brian Rodriguez to Carlos Vela. Carlos just offside, but good idea from Raito. And then words I don't get to type that often, Philly. In the 33rd minute, it's a yellow to Carlos Vela. For dissent. Right? <laughs> For dissent. Between the 29th and the 37th minute, all the game action flowed through Carlos. Not only did he get a couple of shots on target, yep. which he got plenty, but he gets a yellow card for dissent. I would have loved to have heard what he said to the referee. I mean, dissent? Carlos Vela? No way. <laughs> way. It happened. Yeah, he had to have said one of those magic words. Philly, for me, I don't know if it is for you, because we actually didn't talk about this before we were recording, but this... We didn't really talk, actually, much since before I went back to before I went to Mexico. <laughs> That's true, but we did watch St. Peter's beat Purdue. Uh, yes, this was, my favorite moment of the tournament so far. This was my, wait, what moment of the game? And that would be Mahala Opoku. We were actually... We did talk a little bit before the game. We are talking about Gio Reyna, right? Doing his thing that he was doing. Mahala trying to do his best Gio Reyna in that dribbling through three defenders to make a pass just past a fourth defender off of a set piece. It was a throw-in by Kellen Acosta, who threw it into Mahala in the corner, and normally not a lot comes of that. But Mahala was able to dribble through three defenders, find a wide-open Carlos Vela right in front with a fourth with a fourth defender on him, making the pass. And as Max says, it took the second bite of the cherry for Carlos Vela to get the goal. His first shot saved, I believe, deflected away by Thomas Assal, but redirecting it with that left foot of God into the back of the net. And Philly, how quickly things change. It could have been 2 nothing Vancouver, and now it's 2-1 LAFC. Carlos's 61st goal in an MLS regular season match. It was clown shoes, the amount of ankles that Mahala oh. broke. And it's a shame that he didn't get credited for the assist because it took, like you said, the second attempt by yep. Carlos Vela. But had Mahala not made that move, something that you're not going to see in the stat sheet, that goal would have never happened. It was so impressive. And this young man continues to impress week after week after week. 20 years old, playing like he's a, a, he's a grizz, grizzled veteran of this team. No fear, coming in there with his hair on fire. Oh, it was it was beautiful. It was a thing of beauty. And, you know, I, I'd hate to say this right now because obviously he led our team in scoring. But I mean, I think Mahala's got the job. I think Chicho <laughs> needs to fight to take it away from him. Yeah. You know, I do. We do see a lot of people right on Twitter, on Reddit, on Facebook, kind of wondering if Carlos and Chicho will make the same connections that Carlos and Mahala have been making. And I do want to say one of the things that you and I have been talking about, whether it's been on 110 Football and the pre- and post-game shows, or whether it's been on our podcast here, is the need for Mahala to be a little bit more clinical with the ball. Well, I don't know how much more clinical you can be and how much more of a dime of a pass you can leave for the best finisher maybe in Major League Soccer history to Carlos Vela there. Mahala, what an incredible ball and what an incredible run. And that brings us to the half Philly 2-1 LAFC. Yeah, and that's exactly how the shots were. 2-1 to LAFC on target. Total shots, though, LAFC getting 8 to Vancouver's 3. Dominating possession at a 60-40% uh, mark. The interesting thing is, uh, 
you, you can go through a bunch of games and not get this many corners, but LAFC had six yeah. corners. Yeah. Six corners to Vancouver's one, and obviously that one corner led to a goal by uh, Carlos Vela taking the corner, Ryan Hollingshead punching yep. it in. So that's, I mean, that's your difference right there. Uh, you're not going to get opportunities unless you try, but having a bunch of corners, having a bunch of set pieces, that is also going to give you a situation where you could be yep. in the catbird seat. And as a result of that, we go in, up two to one, as opposed to you know being down two zero, which was a very strong possibility. Yeah, and start, start talk about starting off the second half with a bang. It was almost a brace for Hollingshead in the exact same play that they ran to get him the goal prior. A great corner finds Ryan once again for another flat-footed header, but Hassal with another big save, keeping the lead at one. I think Philly. Other than the goal by Tristan Blackman, which was obviously kind of a cool moment for LAFC fans because we wound up winning the game, so we can enjoy that moment. It was really the Thomas Hassall show for Vancouver. He played very, very well in the back of the net and kept them in the game many times when they shouldn't have been. He certainly did. I and mean, when we go through our rundown, you're going to hear how many shots he saved. I mean, because he faced a barrage of shots. Vancouver, pretty much offensively anemic throughout yeah. the rest of this second half. Oh, so, really? You're absolutely right. I mean, they, they really did nothing. So 61st minute, we get a yellow card on Mama Dufal. Certainly earned that. Naughty, naughty. And your favorite thing to say, the 69th. Oh, almost a giggity goal. There you go. Yeah, look, this time Ryan Hollingshead tries to return the favor to Carlos Vela. Ryan streaking in. Why? You got to go streaking on a giggity goal, right? Ryan streaking in from the top of the box. He chests it down. More giggity? I don't even know. And finds Carlos on the left side. But his shot is, wait for it, saved by Hassal to keep the margin at one. But Philly off of that save, which Hassal pushed out of bounds for a corner kick. We've got another goal for LAFC. We certainly do. 70th minute. So yeah, off that off that corner kick, Sifu heads it, and Mario ends up getting a piece of the ball, and that ball proceeds to go in front of the box, and it drops directly in front of Hollingshead, who blasts one, absolutely blasts and rockets one, fired that Hollingshead torpedo past Assault, and just like that, we go up three to one, and we finally have ourselves a pretty cushy lead, having fallen one nothing, and then coming back with three unanswered goals. Happy, happy times in Bank of California Stadium. Yeah, you know, I, I do want to say we knew that Ryan Hollingshead was capable offensively, but I don't think we thought that he'd be getting his first ever brace in a Major League Soccer game. And it was actually Tristan Blackman who headed it away back to towards the foot of Ryan Hollingshead. Are you sure, I really thought it was Maria. Yeah, no, um, watch the watch the play. Uh, it was Blackman was the well, last Mario to was touch certainly it. there. Maria was a big cat, by the way. My goodness. Uh, a two-goal lead, 3-1. LAFC is up. The first multi-goal game in Hollingshead's career, 197 matches it took him to get his first two-goal performance. In the 74th minute, there was that nice little three-man game between our three frontline players. Mahala pushing one just wide of that far so post. Close. And, and so close. And it was close. Uh, it was a great pass by Brian Rodriguez, and it was such a great pass that Steve Chirondolo decided to give him the rest of the match off as he took him out right after that run for Ishmael Tajuri Shradi into the match for Raito. Another match that Raito didn't really do a whole lot. He played fine. He's not playing like a designated player. Don't worry. It's it's. I'm just waiting for one moment so I can release the song. And Brian hasn't done. We've it been yet. waiting, Scarf. Hold yeah. on. We've been waiting he, long enough to bring back the very first official sponsor ah. of episodes one through like seventy five on Defenders of the Bay. Hang on, back. hang on. Yeah, let's welcome him back. 
Hey, old friends, there you are. We've there missed you. Are. Hey, Jiminy, how you doing? I, I'm waiting for one moment of brilliance from Raito to put the ball, as you like to say, in the back of the polyurethane. Hasn't quite happened yet. In the 81st minute, a couple of subs to see the match out by Steve as Chicho replaces Vela and the man, the myth, the tree trunk that is Daniel Henry replacing Mamadou Fall. And in the 87th minute, we get Poncho into the match. Last couple minutes of the game as he replaces Sifu. Ilya gets a yellow. And the only real, I guess, threat, Philly, right? You mentioned it right at the top when we were talking about the second half. You want to talk about a clunker for Vancouver there in the second half. Just nothing. You mentioned it. They are inept on offense. They are devoid of ideas. They, they did get a shot that was blocked out in front by that tree trunk, Daniil Henry. Dude is nimble for a guy his size, too. And that's it, Philly. 3-1 LAFC. I asked for three points on my birthday. I didn't think we'd get three goals. I thought it'd be 2 nothing LAFC. I will take 3-1 all day long. What do you think? A darn good birthday present for you. And obviously yes, a darn good a commemorative win for, for the passing of, of Mo Fascio. So yes. really good stuff. I mean, we, we would have deserved that win. I mean, if you look at the statistics, we had 18 shots. Yep. 18 shots to, to Vancouver 7. Nine of them on target. Possession stayed roughly the same. 61-39. But the, the amount of chance that were created. And I'm glad Carlos Vela made it to that team of the week because LAFC created 10 chances throughout the course of the yep. game. Vela was responsible for five of them. Vela had four shots. Four of them were on target. He gets a goal. He gets an assist. Sifu, he also had a lot of shots. Five, but only one on target. Holling said also batting a thousand with three shots, three on target. Went two for three in terms of shots to goal right? conversion. 66.66%. Great. And then Jesus David Murillo, the most touches and the most passes uh, on, on, on the team. And Vancouver, like we said, didn't control or threaten at any point other than that first goal. Maxime Cripo had one save, nothing major. But Thomas LaSalle made six yeah, saves. Nine of the LAFC shots were on target. Obviously, three were let in. But LaSalle with six great saves. If it wasn't for his goalkeeping prowess, Vancouver would have gotten smacked and kicked back to Vancouver. It was a an ugly game for them. And... This is a pure depiction as to why I didn't worry, because this is a team that can't score. This is a team that can't really find that many shots. The best thing they have going for them is a couple of decent players that would be role players on one of the better teams. Uh, they have Tristan Blackman, which I like, and they got a really good goalkeeper in that of Thomas Assault. Yeah. What is it with Canadians and really good goalkeepers? They're like what the U.S. keepers were in like the 90s. You didn't have <laughs> as great of players, but you had great keepers, and now we're arguing that Canadians have they produce pretty darn good keepers. Uh, you know, between Alfonso Davies and a couple of these other guys out there, Canada is going to be fun to watch in the World Cup if they can figure out a way to keep Mark Anthony K on the pitch instead of getting two yellows. Philly, I'll give you my man of the match real quick, and then I'd love to hear who yours is. Uh, I have a I have a tie. Uh, number one, I know it's not fair to have a tie for man of the match, but number one goes to Tristan Blackman, not for the goal that he scored, by the way, but for the armband. Yeah, class move. Tristan Blackman coming into the game wearing a Forza Mo arm or a little tape band around his wrist. He wrote it himself on there for Zamo. And I just look, there's, he gets it right. He's part of the black and gold family. We mentioned that word before family. And I just, you tweeted it out for us on Twitter and just uh, the kid is class act from, from minute one. And so uh, he gets my, my co man of the match, but my man of the match Philly for LAFC is Mahala because there were several plays in this match. I think he had one right around like the 51st minute as well, where he had no business winning a ball and cut through two guys and took the shot in on goal. Something that 
we've kind of been expecting of Brian Rodriguez more this season. But Mahala, in what was, I think, maybe his best full performance that he had played all season, he went most of the match and played so well in it. Just really happy to see. We, we talk about his story day in and day out. He was kind of uh, he was kind of stuck here at LAFC because of COVID and he couldn't get back to Ghana and the travel restrictions and arrangements. So he just kept impressing at practice and impressing at practice and impressing at practice. And Mahala, to me, man of the match for sure. I would say initially you're my man of the match because it was your Aww. birthday and you asked Thank for a win you. and you got it. So you willed it into existence. Thank you. So you should have the man of the match scarf. And actually, that would have been a great <laughs> LAFC present to give to you. You've been dying, <laughs> itching. You're ready to like kill for that man oh, of the match scarf. That's goodness. your that is your unicorn. It is. It is. It would be easy to give it to Ryan Hollingshead just due to the fact that he had two goals, his first brace ever. But I'm going to give it to somebody who is obvious, but not as obvious. It's got to go to Carlos Vela because he created so many opportunities in this game. He may have only scored one, but again, five chances created. He gets an assist. All of his shots were on target, and he was the one who contributed to Hollingshead's uh, goal. So I would have to give it. I would have to give it to him. Hands down, he gets. They could just win off of his goal and his assist. Uh, Hollingshead didn't even need a brace. So that's why I would say Carlos is my man of the match. And he obviously had that first game where he was just unbelievable. And then I don't want to say he disappeared, but obviously we wanted to keep an eye on him because he did kind of get a little hurt. Yep. So, you know, that was a big deal. But for him to come up big this way, I mean, he's obviously he's healthy. He's still doing his thing. And uh, hopefully he's fighting for that contract extension because, you know, the clock's ticking. And we're getting closer, excuse me, we're getting closer and closer to that deadline where he either needs to sign or he takes a walk. Best player in Major League Soccer, prove me wrong. Carlos Vela by far. Philly, let's take a look at the standings after four weeks of Major League Soccer action, of course, heading into the short international break. After four matches, LAFC is one of three clubs tied at the top of the Supporter Shield race with 10 points. And of course, it is tied for the best start in LAFC team history. Real Salt Lake and Philly, the other two. LAFC is tied for the top spot in the West with RSL and their 10 points. Our plus seven differential is second in the league behind Austin. And our expected goals against is the very best in Major League Soccer, according to Football Reference, Philly, we're we're just playing great defense right now, and I think that even though the entire back line fell asleep, I, I have a feeling it just had to do with the way they took that kick more than anything else. It really caught them by surprise the way Burhalter not only took it kind of quickly after uh, Vite put the ball onto the pitch, but also that it was dead on the money. Cavallini headed it perfectly, and then Tristan was there on the doorstep. And if it wasn't going to be Tristan, I think it was Jacob Nerwinski on the opposite post. But other than that, I really think that LAFC, best defense in the league as far as I am concerned, best back line, and that's with a lot of different moving pieces. Kellen Acosta starting at right back today, like we talked about. This is going to be a great club and a great season. Yeah, and we're going to start to get some uh, tests getting thrown our way. Vancouver is not a team that I would say would throw us any kind of test. We go in next week to Orlando, a team that has a winning record, fifth place in the Eastern Conference, 2-1-1, yep. one, one, uh, but a team that a lot of people have on their radars being a contender to, uh, to be among the top three yep. in the 
the Eastern Conference. We're going to see Facundo Torres, Mr. Peñarol himself, uh, grace, uh, grace our TV screens. And he's one of the designated players that we need to keep an eye on that just came in this season. So how we do on the road in swampy, humid Orlando will be interesting. I'm curious to see if we're going to get the same weather in Florida like we did against Inter, Inter Miami. But that'll be a tough contest. And then the following week after that, yep. we play the Galaxy, which regardless of where they are in the standings, that's always going to be a game to keep an eye on because, well, there's a lot of hype to it. Yeah. The mystique behind it. We're on the road. It's 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 a big deal, not only just for us, but yep. for the league itself. And then after that, we get Sporting Kansas City, another team that is ridiculously tough. I mean, we don't have what I would consider a cakewalk sure. until probably April 24th when we go out to the land of Skyline Chile. I and don't take, know. Well, yeah, well, we'll see. They're but, playing better as of late. FC Cincinnati, I think they're on, what, a two-game winning streak? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. They they play Charlotte tomorrow. So, you know, the battle of the wooden spoon, the toilet bowl, if you will, is going to commence tomorrow. But Wait, they actually play tomorrow? Yeah, there's two. There's three MLS games going what? on. Yeah, so you've got Charlotte versus Cincinnati tomorrow. So teams, they assume just would have no international players making a World Cup run? Well, well, I don't know, because you also got Sporting Kansas City and Real Salt Lake, and then on Sunday, um, you got Portland versus Orlando. We got some good soccer to watch, man. That's that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, Philly, look, we've never beaten Carson at home, right? So or at their place, I should it's say. It's the first time we've for never, everything. And so first time Dolo Ball gets a crack at Carson. That's going to be fun. I, I like the matchup against Sporting. They're a team that obviously losing Ilya Sanchez this last year. They're kind of hurting a little bit. And and I'm interested to see what happens over at old Nippert Stadium out there in Cincinnati. That's going to be fun. A couple of fun matches for us to watch. Philly, four matches in April. House of the Mouse and then Carson Sporting at the bank. And then good old Cincy. It's going to be a fun month of April, my friend. <laughs> Got to uh, make sure I do my taxes. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know what? It's it's not quite April yet, but might as well. They've been getting a lot of love, by the way, recently with Be Real and with everybody else. Shout out to our friends in the 42 Originals because, you know, April's your month, man. It's coming. So enjoy. Philly, anything else that you'd like to close? Episode 184, man. We are inching closer to 200. No, I mean, it's, I had a really amazing experience in Mexico last week. And I'm part of the reason why we didn't come out with a podcast anytime soon. I had four games to call in six days. Dude. That is exhausting. Went from Wednesday. We went, Jonathan and I drove to San Clemente, stayed at his mom's house, drove down to uh, to TJ. I'm sorry. Yeah, basically to CBX on yep. Thursday. Uh, that was fun. We uh, we played it, called the game on Friday. We called the game on Sunday. We, came, we traveled 12 and a half hours to get back to LA on Sunday. And then, you know, I popped in on you on 110. And yeah. then Monday, I had another game to call. I'm, I've been kind of exhausted. <laughs> so other than that, what are you doing with all your free time? Yeah, right. What Come am on. I doing with all my free time? But <laughs> dude, Chihuahua, I got, I got to say, for those of you who have never been or been curious, not a city that ever would have popped up on my radar. But the funny thing, when we got there, I was shocked at how modern it was i mean we were put into a very nice area but i i felt like i was in like i felt like i was in new jersey no not even kidding with all the car dealers wait is that a compliment hold up i mean i i would <laughs> look let's put it through, I, yes it is a compliment because that's the part of jersey that's just over the bridge in new york I like but it. we were right by an ashley furniture a buffalo wild wings a starbucks a uh, a Wendy's, a Domino's, a Subway, a Walmart, a Chevy dealer, and you, a bunch of other things. You just described Lawndale. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's, that's it. I mean, that's what it felt like. But the people were incredible. The experience was incredible. Corner Sports Arena, the tiny place of the Chihuahua Savage playing, was one of the 
best atmospheres I've ever seen any kind of soccer game in. Like that's a stadium that only holds 2000 people and it was like half full. It was, I was deafening in there. All right. So I was hoping you'd talk about this. I'm going to prompt you. It's going to be story time with Philly for just a second. Oh, so he geez, can, what are you prompting? No, 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 no. I, I really want you to end the pod talking about this and then we could say goodbye. Philly, how did you get up to where you had to call the match? So what was, what was really cool, so the area that we had to go up, it wasn't necessarily a, a booth. It was basically a platform where you had lighting guys. When anytime Chihuahua would score a goal, they would just have a light guy that would like go down on the field because they, they would turn off all the lights and just spotlight the goal score. So they actually created a setup for Jonathan and I to call the game because <laughs> when it's the home team's broadcast that is usually in charge and when Chihuahua plays it's generally the Spanish speaking commentators and they they do an amazing job it's fun listening to them talk but we were fortunate to be sent by the by the league and by our team to do the English broadcast and at first when I saw the the platform I thought <laughs> all right cool so I'll probably take an elevator um nope. Or, or or climb some stairs to get there. No, uh, Jonathan claims that it was two stories. It felt like a lot taller than that. <laughs> we had to climb a ladder that would make OSHA people salivate. The Office of Safety and Health and uh, whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't like heights. <laughs> and unfortunately, we had a couple of drinks prior. But climbing up that well, ladder that which, always makes climbing ladders better. Which, by the way, that thing was freshly painted, so it was slippery. Oh. I never wear anything other than sneakers with my suits. Jonathan happens to wear dress shoes. The poor dude was slipping climbing up oh this. Oh my god! Going it was, up, it was frightening. Your Instagram it was video horrifying, was frightening. But I had a really good time doing it. And in hindsight, I would do it again. But coming <laughs> down the stairs, I had to keep telling myself, hand, hand, foot, foot, hand, hand, foot, foot. Because if you slipped Giggity. or if you would have missed something, look, there's there's no there's no forgiving. Like there was, you would have gone straight down. That yeah, was it. and I would have hit concrete, and that would have been bye bye Philly. Would have been it. That yeah. was. Look, it was a harrowing tale just watching your Instagram video, but dude, the fact that you are just killing it with Ontario and MASL, you and Jonathan, shout out to uh, to the D9U gringo, Jonathan Reimer, the doctor, as they call him in the MASL land. Because he has a PhD in personality, in case you were wondering. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Look, I, I, I've lived vicariously through you while you were in Chihuahua, my friend. So congrats on, on another excellent job for MASL and for the Fury. And with that, look, I've got nothing else to add other than it doesn't just have to be my birthday for LAFC to keep winning, getting three points and three goals. Let's do it again at the House of the Mouse in Orlando. Got a little bit of a break. And with that, you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye.